This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Dune Talk. If you're joining us for the first time, know that this is the official show of Dune NewsNet. We talk everything happening in the world of Dune, whether it's a movie, book, or games. Well, what a week it's been. There's uh, been a lot of uh, worm sign when it comes to cast announcements for Dune Part 2. This is Marcus, and I'm looking forward to reacting to that and the other news with the rest of the team. Hey, this is Garen, a Dune companion. Excited to, to think to, to get the other guys' input on, on some of these rumored uh, casting uh, decisions. So it's kind of a kind of an interesting time, and I'm looking forward to their thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So last time we were on the episode, um, you know, over two weeks ago now, we said, who knows what could happen before the next episode. That's kind of the thing I like about doing. I'm just a little bit more spaced out now since the news is news is a little bit fewer and far between, but when it does happen. It, it's pretty exciting. There's a decent amount to talk about. So uh, going to be a good one for sure. Hey, Simon here. Uh, yeah, like we said last time, possible rumors, who knows? And we got some possible unofficial official casting. We'll talk about it. Really excited and some other stuff going on in the new Dune verse. By the way, like the Sandworm reference, Marcus, in the beginning of the show. Awesome. So let's, let's get into the movie news. Dune movie news. Kicking off with casting. So the first news to hit was Florence Pugh. In, uh, she's in advanced negotiations to play uh, Princess Irland. So this news comes from, uh, from multiple reliable uh, sources. Uh, so uh, Deadline, The Hollywood Reporter. So they, they came with the story on, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, so um, Florence, she's had a number of memorable performances in film. Uh, you might know her most recently as Yelena in uh, Marvel's Black Widow and the subsequent uh, Hawkeye miniseries. Uh, one thing that's important to note is that uh, based on the reports, this isn't the final decision yet. So there are a few potential hurdles, and we're going to get into that later. Um, Simon, I'm going to put you on the spot first. So you were the first in our team to, uh, to bring up Florence in relation to this role. What appealed to you about her past performances, and what was your reaction to hearing this news? Well, my first reaction, I, I've had a couple of crazy weeks um, since we recorded. I, I opened social media, and I was like, wait, who's joking? Because <laughs> I've I've called this uh, a while ago, and I, I actually want to thank Johnny for bringing her to my attention. Like, I knew she was in Black Widow, and I knew that she was me in the Hawkeye. But Johnny, when we first started doing the podcast, he kept talking about how Midsummer is this amazing movie. My girlfriend loves the movie also. And finally, I got to watch it, and I was like, oh, my God, she's such a tragic figure. And she can act. Like, I was like, she would per be perfect for it. Um, Princess Erlon, and then people were like, no, she doesn't look right. You know, the internet. Well, I saw Black Widow. I was like, okay, I'm falling in love with this character. Then Hawkeye, I was like, she would be perfect. What I love about her is if you look at the Marvel stuff, she's fun. She's light. Midsummer, without going into full spoiler mode of that movie, and that is one of the best movies I've seen probably the past 10 years. Um, and I keep thinking about it nonstop. Thank you, Johnny. I blame you for that one. <laughs> But it's her performance, how it starts off okay. And then slowly by slowly, you see this, I don't want to say tragic performance, but just this emotion that I feel like Princess Erlon has a lot. And she's around the same age as Xiaomi Zendaya. She's worked with Xiaomi. It's her performance. Like you can get the very high, low, like Kate Bishop, this is crazy, you know, from Hawkeye. And then you see the really calm kind of like, not sure what's going on, Princess Erlon, then in Midsummer, I think she's perfect. I mean, people were talking about another actress when this first got announced, you know, a couple months ago when they were talking about possible cast, the one that's in um, Last Night in Soho. I still haven't seen that movie. For me, Frances Pugh, I, I would be happy. I think she's an amazing talent and she's kind of what Erlon looks like when I think of Erlon in the Denis Villeneuve Universe. I guess I'll carry the torch since Simon was so kind with his comments there. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think I ever outright like mentioned her, at least like on Twitter, like publicly speaking on here. Um, but as far as like Princess Irulan, I think, and having read Dune Messiah as well uh, in the last year or so, like she, she is not as big a factor in the original novel, but she does have a presence that kind of carries throughout and uh, becomes more of a factor, I would say, in, in the second novel, in Dune Messiah. Um, and I think that all along, as, as far as what's been stirring around my head, 
I, I thought that they should go with a big name just because I think that they've already kind of set the bar so high with casting that like for this role where you know this character is going to be in and around Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, you can't cast someone that is not on their level because they are superstars at this point, uh, talent wise and exposure wise. So I, I was thinking who is in that age range? Who has that, you know, that, that profile? And I was thinking Anya Taylor-Joy, who Simon uh, alluded to has really popped up over the last couple of years. She's also blonde around the same age. Uh, Sorsha Ronan, I also considered, she's been nominated for like four Oscars or something. She is a fantastic actor and, and has also worked with uh, Timothy Chalamet before as well. And other names, Elle Fanning was in there in my head, but for, of course, having been such a big fan of Midsommar and also really liked Little Women. And I, of course I had seen Black Widow. I, I knew Florence Pugh was great. And I knew that she had worked with Timothy Chalamet and I thought that they had really good chemistry. And I thought, similar to Simon, she can play this tragic kind of figure and this emotional turmoil very well. And I think that is important. Not Maybe not as much in this next film, but I think any casting for this part needs to be thinking about Dune Messiah because Villeneuve has already made very clear he does have that intention. So I think it's it's a great fit. I'm really, I was almost blown away, like speechless when I saw it because it was again kind of almost plucked out of my head like wow that's like perfect i can't imagine that they actually are going with that um as you mentioned there are a couple of hurdles that we'll probably talk a little bit more in detail but uh it's a really exciting report uh, justin kroll at deadline hollywood had and it was kind of out of the blue i wasn't really expecting it. i just looked down at my phone and there it was and uh, it's the same thing happened later this you know later in the week which is exciting as well so uh, i'm yeah i'm totally over this over the moon if for some reason she doesn't get it and again, we'll talk more about that in a second. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world. I did name just a bunch of other great options, I think, that fit the, the look and the age range. Um, so she wouldn't be like the end-all be-all, but I think she would be a fantastic choice if, if it does end up going to her. Yeah, uh, I, I'm totally with you guys on this. Um, I think it's interesting that in Erlon's role in the first book, for those of you that have, have read it, is really, she's a presence, but she's in the background and, and her, her character interaction with Paul and, and others in the story is not as connected or intricate, but in Dune Messiah, it's a whole new ball game uh, with Irulan. So I, it doesn't surprise me, like you're saying, Johnny, uh, well, both of you were saying, this is someone who has the gravitas, has the, the acting chops to really play with uh, like a, a Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya and, and all the other big name actors. I think Denis is looking to, to Dune Messiah and you've got to have someone with range. You've got to have someone with power and presence and strength and understanding because that character really, really elevates uh, in, in, in Dune Messiah. So I, I'm not as familiar with her. Uh, I obviously know her from, uh, uh, from Black Widow, but I'm not as familiar with some of her other work. But from what, I, what I've read about and, and just seeing her range and, and she's got she's got a great look. I mean, I, I'm not sure what I pictured Erlon to be in my mind because again, her, her role on screen in the book in my mind is, is a little bit in the background. Um, but I, her presence on screen is, is really, is really great. I think she could do, I think she could do a lot to elevate Erlon in part two, if that's what Denis does with the script. Uh, you know, Marcus, you, you mentioned this in your, in your article, but you know, he could elevate, he could expand her role, he could create a lot more interaction between Irulan and, and the characters, uh, since we're focusing, you know, uh, on, on the Harkonnens a little, uh, more in part two. So maybe there's going to be some scenes that aren't necessarily in the book. And with, a, with an actor, actor like Florence, I think you could go a lot of different directions with that. So yeah, I, she's my pick. Expanding her role potentially, or just the way that she has that range and can play it. I think it's really interesting to think about Yurlan, for example, if in part two, she does get a little bit more screen time than, than we might expect. The great thing about Florence Pugh is she, I feel like she can very much play like very likable and warm and like someone that you want to, like you admire that you could see being a good character or like a wholesome character. But then also she does have this way that she can just go like, she could really flip the switch and like go over the edge into a situation where 
you almost you feel bad for her like you empathize with her but you also are like almost afraid of her <laughs> so i think that would be something that would be i think vital and, and to have that kind of you know dynamic is important not every actor can do that but i think she could very very much play both sides of that coin you know going off johnny's comment right now and you garen i do think denis is thinking you know dune messiah and especially if you read dune messiah that opening part without spoiling anything but that little council i can see her being very likable but in the back being like okay i got a plan for this so-called emperor now of the known universe uh i think she, if she doesn't get it it is what it is but i think she is perfect and it's the range and i think any casting except the one that we're, we'll talk about next is very much this is for the future of the dune franchise now you know we've already got our main characters we're happy with that cast but anything else may not even be for a small cameo in part two but it's down the line for messiah and you know if there is children of dune and all that because princess erolon plays a big deal in the later books you know especially the first three books you know first one she gets her little cameo and then it becomes very much about erolon and her journey with paul and I think it's worth noting for uh, for Florence that she also has a number of uh, great performances in in uh, period pieces, like set in in history. So we we mentioned the Little Women, of course, but then there's also Lady Macbeth and uh, Outlaw King, and um, uh, King Lear. So so those are like already giving ideas of how she would perform in like sort of acting as ro royalty. So uh, based on that, I can really picture her uh, for this role. Uh, going back to the point about uh, her her presence in um, in this second movie in, in Dune, Dune Part 2. So yeah, if, if we're going by the book, like she wouldn't appear that much, but I'm convinced that we're gonna get more of her in this in this movie than we do in the, in the book, just going on how like uh, Denis has uh, expanded certain elements in, in the first film. And I think that that ties into the, the whole, um, what we'll get into uh, in a moment. Like, I don't think they, that they would be able to convince her to come on board to this project if she was just going to appear like for the last um, last couple of minutes. So I think that's that's definitely going to play a factor. Uh, so going on to that point, as mentioned, this, this she's in uh, advanced stages of negotiations, as as we've mentioned, but this isn't the final choice. So one of the things that was uh, was brought up is she's waiting to to see the latest version of the script. Um, we heard earlier like uh, reports that the script was finished, but apparently that's that's not entirely the, the case. So it's they're probably doing some uh, additional drafts on, on that. Um, and another aspect was um, the potential uh, casting conflict. So if, if she gets a, a role in the M Madonna biography film uh, and there, you know, there's conflicts there in, in the cast. So I, I would imagine that at least that, that's the way that I'm reading into the news that if, if I was with her, I would be looking into this, uh, this script and saying, okay, like how big of a role is this actually gonna be? I think maybe for her, it's not just enough to say, oh, you'll have a big role in, in Dune Messiah later on, but like she would want to like have something to show for this role. Um, Johnny, uh, your, your thoughts on like, if you hear we're at this stage in negotiations and these, these potential hurdles, like how likely do you think that those are to be issues? Yeah, so I would say with this situation, it's probably pretty flexible, um, given like the reporting so far and what we know about it. I would say her role may be expanded, you know, maybe kind of significantly, but I also feel that it wouldn't require that much screen time still. Uh, I don't think she's gonna be like a co-lead or anything like that. Um, so, you know, you heard about the filming, the production on the first part of Dune. And a lot of those cast members were only there for like very short blips of time, you know, not more than a, like a couple of weeks in some instances. So, um, and those were people with, you know, decent chunks of screen time. And I think that it's something, even if she gets the Madonna role, it may, they, maybe they'll be able to work it where she can still do both. Um, you know, they were, all, they were able to accommodate people on the first film, like Oscar Isaac and whatnot. So, you know, and, and Zadea, when she was there, as much as she was, was recorded and filmed before the movie, she was only there for like four days or something. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, who had a decent, you know, presence and role in the film, he was there for less than a week. So we're, we're talking about, I think that they could make it work even if she gets both. But I think, you know, which one would she choose if given the option? I mean, with a big lead role playing Madonna versus like a smaller role in Dune. It's kind of, I mean, for us, this might be a toss up, but for her, maybe, you know, she wants to really pursue that. Um, I'm, of course, being selfish. I hope that she goes with Dune no matter what, um, even if she, it does come down to making the choice. Uh, because as we've said, you know, it is, I mean, it's going to be, we're talking about potentially like a best picture 
like level film here again because that's what's so great when this this movie gets 10 oscar nominations when they're trying to negotiate with people and they're trying to get people's attention you know you can't really ignore that and that just helps the film and i think they have that in their heads going forward so and then of course dune messiah as we mentioned villeneuve he keeps saying in the press dune messiah dune messiah and, you know if the, in during negotiations or talks with her you know they're very clear like you would have a larger role in this next film and that would be a few years down the road but it would be like something pretty significant I think, again, that's another kind of like bargaining chip there. So again, I think there are other great options for this role. So if she does decide not to do it or something gets, you know, there's conflict there, I won't be like that broken up about it unless like the, the next option is just like not even close to being as good. Um, but, she, you know, I would, I would really like to see her get it. Uh, and I think truthfully, if I was giving like a percentage of how confident I feel she's going to stick around and actually stay with it and get it, I would say I'm like pretty confident because I feel like when they're even when they say, oh, it's, you know, that's the negotiations might not go through it. Most of the time it still goes through. It would have to if it would have to be something like pretty wild, I think, for her not to, to actually go forward with it. Another thing that you guys haven't even mentioned about Florence is without going in full spoiler mode for the upcoming Marvel movies, her character is going to play a big story arc in what is happening in this other phase of Marvel. So maybe that's something that she has to think about can I commit to Marvel, which I pretty much am 95% sure she already has a contract for X amount movies. And can she do the Madonna movie, which I didn't even know about the Madonna movie until, you know, you guys mentioned it. Um, fingers crossed. I would love to see her in it, but like Johnny said, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Well, time will only tell. <laughs> time will only tell. She's in a lot of projects, you guys, even, uh, even Nolan's Oppenheimer. She's mm -hmm. in a lot of great pro projects, but that's what makes her so appealing to me, right? If if these if these that is one of the few one... reasons why she's appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I and so I really think uh, she would bring a lot to part two. Mm. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people that appreciate her skill and talent, and it would bring more. I mean. I'm grateful for all the attention to, to part one, but I want more people watching <laughs> part two, right? So anything that, that helps in that effort. And I, I just think she brings so much uh, to the cast. Yeah, that's actually, Garen, that's something that, you know, I hadn't even thought about that much, but it's a great point is the, the potential, uh, because her profile has grown so much and like the potential bankability of including her in this movie. I mean, she has over like 7 million followers on Instagram. So like we're talking about someone who's really grown. Like she's it's almost in, as much as you, Johnny. <laughs> she's, she's in the Marvel universe, like at the MCU in multiple big projects so far. And she's like getting thrown around for every other big project in town. That's not a big Marvel movie. You know, Christopher Nolan's next film, the Madonna biopic. So that's clearly someone that has, you know, a lot of attention and is, is garnering that. Now with the Madonna thing, another thing that we should note is the, the report with her name and other names came out like a week or two prior to this news. So they're also clearly like narrowing down their choices for that movie. So we could find out pretty quickly, like if this, if this is going to happen or not. And there's also this news coming out could force you know, the decision making on that Madonna movie into, okay, so are we going to, do we need to like trying to commit to her right now? Or should we just say, oh, she wants to go do that. We're going to go with someone else. So this could be like kind of almost like a dual edged sword, depending on how it's interpreted <laughs> by other people involved, like in the process. Cause there's another big name, you know, not maybe as big, but Julie, Julie Garner, for example, is someone uh, who's in Ozark and is in another new Netflix show. She is also in contention for that among other people. So they have options. Dune has options. It's going to be really interesting. But I do think that once it's named like this, I think it's going to happen, honestly. Okay, so that's Princess uh, Irlan. Uh, likely, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, there will be confirmations uh, either way uh, sooner rather than, than later. Um, then, of course, there are two other key roles that um, are, uh, we're looking for in, uh, in Dune Part 2. So that's, of course, uh, Fade, uh, Fade Ratha and uh, the, the emperor himself. Uh, so out of nowhere, uh, this week, we got uh, news on that uh, the Harkonnen character, Fade Rafa, so the, the, the nephew of, uh, of Baron Harkonnen. And uh, the, the name there is, is Austin uh, Butler. And um, here the, the reports mentioned again as, as um, that he's in early stages of joining the film. Uh, but again, the, the fact that this is being reported by all these uh, reputable trades, it's, it's likely that you know, this is uh, quite solid at, at the moment. So um, 
I think there there was like you know like some discussion around uh, you know Florence for the role of Princess Irlan. When it came to Austin Butler, I saw like a lot more discussion. I think it, it was a lot more um, uh, polarizing uh, in in both ways. I think one of the things that came up a, a lot is that people were, were less less familiar with him. Uh, I'll start with with you, Garen. Like, uh, what do you think of the casting? Are you familiar with with his previous works? I'm not familiar with Austin Butler. I I, I realize he was in uh, in the Shannara uh, Chronicles, and I think I did I think I did see some of those. So no, I'm not familiar with him. Um, I, I I have a lot of strong opinions about the character of, of Fade. Um, I mean, he he is he is you know a handsome devious bloodthirsty person so so i really i'd be curious to see that's kind of like we we're talking about with the, the casting princess irulan you've got to have a, a lot of range you've got to have the right characteristics the right look um with fade i i even think it might even be more so uh because this character does play an extremely important role uh, in this story counter to our to our to our main uh, protagonist so yeah, I, I don't I don't know what I think of him yet. I'm I'm uh, maybe maybe he's got the look. I I just don't know if he's got uh, the range. So maybe you guys know. When this news came out, my first reaction was like, "Who?" <laughs> um, then I went to INDB and I looked. I was like, "Oh, it's the guy playing Elvis." Um, I'm like, "Does that movie come out anytime soon?" You know, maybe it's just hype promoting that Elvis movie. That movie doesn't come out until I think midsummer, like June or July. Um, then I looked at his IMDb. I was like, I have no idea who this guy is. I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Love that movie. That might be my favorite Tarantino movie, but that's just it's a whole different story. And I just Googled his character in that movie. I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that character, but his performance wasn't something I was like, oh yeah, that's that guy. And he did so well in that performance. I have no idea who this guy is. Um, I'm going to sound kind of mean, but he looks like a pretty boy which face should be a pretty boy, but I think there might be better people that have certain roles that are known already. I know Johnny has his point of view on this, um, but overall it's just like, huh, okay. But you never know, he might impress everyone. Johnny, did people finish your poll also about the hair? I'm very curious. Johnny had a poll on his Twitter I saw. <laughs> overall, cool um maybe he's amazing as elvis but those movie biopics especially like musicals usually don't do it for me so i don't know maybe Denise see something in him maybe i don't know kind of took that one i was just like say what i'm going back to bed when i saw that news hey so yeah i have definitely i've definitely talked about this like casting a decent amount on twitter and um so yeah i was certainly my first reaction was like what like I couldn't I was very surprised like it was not someone that I had named or talked about or considered whatsoever um but in in the same like moment I was like hmm I was like that like I liked how it wasn't someone obvious because I had tweeted about that even I think maybe just the night before like the day before saying you know I, everyone's talking about like a handful of names or a couple names and I'm like if I almost don't like how it's gotten to that point because if it isn't one of them, people are just going to be disappointed. And I don't think that's, A, I don't think it's fair because there really hasn't been any indication that these other people would be involved necessarily. That's just kind of like, oh, maybe this is this means this or they're going to do this. Um, but yes, so I was shocked. But then also I breathed a sigh of relief also at the same time because I could see him as fade it wasn't like i saw it and i was like oh no like <laughs> I, I can't there's no way this is gonna work um it was he someone i did see so i haven't seen him in very much outside of once upon a time in hollywood where he does have a small role in that movie um now i will say in that movie he is i've seen that movie like five or six times i really love that movie he isn't himself in that like he's definitely playing like he's in character like he is a creepy like dirty kind of weirdo he's one of the manson kids right so he is not like playing the pretty boy like he has long nasty hair and he's like his eyes are all messed up and then, and then he pops in at the end with a gun talking about how he's the devil and all this other stuff. So he he definitely can play like a crazy, like a crazed person, like in the eyes and everything, which is what I said. Um, and alternatively, though, as Garen was pointing out, he is like he is a pretty boy. Like he has 
if you go and look, and I, I tweeted that, you know, with the different excerpts from the novel where it describes how he looks and fade, you know, he's 16 in the book. And, and Austin Butler is of course, just like Timothy Chalamet, just like Zendaya is older, but um, he still has like a, like almost like a baby face. And he has like those like more fuller lips and a round face and the long like hair. Um, so I can definitely see that. Now I'm curious, as, as Simon was pointing out, I did put on that poll. And I'll, the vast majority of people said they think he's going to have hair in the movie. <laughs> and I, I think that I think that genuinely that could be something that they're going to like really actually go with because the way they've gone with the Harkonnen so far is they are on this like terrible planet and they are just like almost like based on what their environment and everything, they look sickly and they have like this baldness to them and everything else. Um, so I think that like thematically, and narratively, there could be an interesting in, into that where Fade is like almost this, he's like this exception to the rule. He's like the favorite, like golden child that they have like somehow maintained. They're like kept up to the point where he looks fairly normal. Like he looks healthy because the Baron knows at some point he needs to groom him to be this face for the empire that he's trying to, you know, control, which I think is a really, could be a really interesting thing. Now, Maybe they don't do that whatsoever. Maybe they either have him shave his head or put on a bald cap and they go with the totally white, kind of more ghostly kind of look to him. Um, but I actually really like that because again, what this role, this casting has done is like really changed my thought process about how they might depict Fade. Um, the two big names that people were talking about a lot leading up to this was Barry uh, Keehan, who is the Irish actor who was in Eternals and some other films. Um, with Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk and, and Killing of a Sacred Deer, who is fantastic. He is a fantastic actor. I really, really liked him. Um, and then Robert Pattinson, of course, in the last week, he was like, oh, I'd love to be in Dune. And uh, everyone was like, oh my God, like, could he be Fade Rautha? Now he'd be, he would be a little too old to play Fade Rautha, but I could still buy it, I think, to a degree. Um, but with both of those guys, they, they wouldn't really be playing. I couldn't see them as like the pretty boy fade necessarily. Like I would imagine them like shaved heads, bald, bald cap and like very like painted white. And they would be like a little bit um, rougher and like kind of like more monstrous. Whereas with, and they can play very disturbed, like freaky characters very well, the two of them. Whereas with, with Austin Butler, I can definitely see him being more like the very much the pretty boy, very much like the, kind of uh he has like that that personality and he has like uh like fade ultimately he thinks he's more badass than he actually is right so i think austin butler and what denny villeneuve can do with him both in the script and the direction is really play that up like he he's this supposed to be this darker broken mirror image almost of like what paul is and i think if you look at austin butler and you look at timothy chalamet you can definitely see that and i think austin butler seen pictures of him when he played Elvis he did bulk up and he like had this workout routine and whatnot he is a bigger guy he's like six feet tall um and so I think he can definitely bulk up if they want him to he can be bigger he can be more physically have that presence but also he can play that pretty boy kind of like he has a an interesting personality and he's kind of like cunning and he, and he is trying to get in your head I think that could really work and maybe this is a dissenting opinion. Maybe this is just blasphemy for me to say this. I'm sure I'll get some reactions here, but I, truth be told, a couple of times I've read Dune, I've never thought that Fade is like that, the most complex character like I've ever read or like as a villain, like he was the most like nuanced or like, oh, there's so many interesting like details to this guy. Like, and he's not, frankly, compared to some of the other characters, a lot of the characters in Dune are like peripheral. Like they are not, the main attraction it really is like the paul show and some other characters do get bigger moments and stuff but i think i can see the vision is, is ultimately like my message here so wouldn't have been my first choice i never thought of him but hearing the news i was like hmm like i i've been thinking more about fade and that character and what they can do with him in the movie more in the last couple of days than the entire time previously i was just looking forward to oh fade like i wonder who they're going to get for him there's some really good you know actors they could get whereas with this i'm like okay this could be this could be interesting and i think you know it's not final it's not finalized if it fell through and they got someone else okay well i guess we you know we'd have to see who it is um now there were two other names mentioned that i'm sure you might have seen or heard and that was a reporter um, a writer a film writer he said that he had also heard they were looking at harry styles 
<laughs> and uh, Ty Sheridan, who you might know from the main character in Ready Player One. He was also in some smaller films like Mud. Um, and uh, like he was in the card counter last year with Oscar Isaac, actually. And I don't think Ty Sheridan has any like personality or like he's not a pretty boy. Like he's just a very normal looking guy. <laughs> like he's like my age. Um, so I'm really glad they didn't go with him. And on the flip side with Harry Styles, I, I mean, I, I liked him well enough in Dunkirk. Um, in Eternals, he shows up for like literally half a scene and says like nothing. Um, so maybe they could get that to work. He obviously has a huge fan base, which would be very interesting and, and a boon for the, the film. But ultimately, I think between those three, if those are the only three names that we know for sure were in contention, I feel like very glad that they went with Austin Butler because I, I, I see the most potential with him, I think, of those three. So um yeah really interesting uh we'll talk more you i really want to hear more about what you guys think the harry style thing when it came up even a couple months ago i was like really you're gonna get another singer to be Faye rafa is that like the tradition of dune it it, is funny mentioning harry styles because you mentioned like the singer aspect to it he was one of the finalists harry styles was one of the finalists to play elvis in the elvis movie and that went to Austin Butler. So now Austin huh. Butler is just stealing. If he's stealing roles from Harry Styles, that must mean there must be something there. Um, additionally, I will say the few times I've seen the Elvis trailer in Dolby or IMAX when I've gone to see Batman last week or so, I don't know what it is about that movie. I don't give a damn about Elvis, to be totally honest. And I don't, like, Boz Lerman is very much a like an acquired taste. Like, if you like his style, you'll like that movie, usually. I don't, every time, it's a really well-cut trailer, I think. Every time I watch it, I'm like, hmm, I just get like a, like, not goosebumps necessarily, but it's an interesting, like, project. It is coming out this summer. I heard there's a rumor they may premiere it at, at Cannes Film Festival, um, which could be interesting if it is, kind of has that profile to it. Um, and I did hear also there were multiple people, like insiders and other film journalists who said, it's a, it's a Warner Brothers film, Elvis is. And they, apparently the buzz is, like, very good about him in that movie. And so... It's, it's possible that they already have seen that movie, the people that you know do the casting and Denny and these other people you know associated with Legendary. So if there's that word moving around and they know he might be getting blowing up in the next you know year or so, you could also understand that might be a reasoning about why they would want to pursue him potentially. Uh, and so I have to concur with, with everybody. I, I had no, like he didn't come to my mind at, at all beforehand for the role. So like when it came up, I was like, wait, who, who's that? And then I remembered, okay, like, uh, yeah, Shinarika Chronicles, I had watched a few episodes of that more because like anything that's sci-fi and fancy, I'll, I'll give it a chance and I'll, I'll check it in. That, that's that's my, my genre. Um, but I, I don't remember him really standing out to, to me there. But like when, when I saw the appearance and I started like digging through photos for, for when I was running a report about him, I said, yeah, th- this, this really makes sense. Like, uh, you know, in terms of the, the appearance, especially some of those, those photos where he was like uh, sort of posing like really serious, like in the Elvis uh, style. Um, and uh, I would say that my main reservation is like, does, does he have that uh, capability to sort of show that psychopathic, uh, sadistic side of, of Fade? So I know that like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we, we got to see that the aspect of him, but it was a small, small role. So that would be my, uh, my, my main concern there. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it totally makes sense that, that they didn't go with like, you know, like a huge already well, well-known um, name. I think that would maybe detract too much from the movie if they, if they brought, you know, like someone you, you know, like like um, who, who just appeared on the, on the Batman and then they bring him here in for a minor role. I don't know if that would really make make as much uh, sense. Yeah, um, and really the last last thing, because now that you said that, it also makes me think of something else. And I, I don't feel like the need to defend this <laughs> just because it's Dune or because it's, you know, whatever. It's just, it is interesting to see some of like the backlash, I guess you could call it, that some people have had to this. Especially like, I feel like I see it mostly from like, the people I've seen so far is that yeah he's not like the biggest name or he hasn't like been in the most proven roles or like films yet but you know if there is something there and I think there genuinely is like you don't really know until you get that role and you get that film that really sets you off um and you know we've seen we've seen um Denny Villeneuve do that with other actors before I mean who knew who Ana de Armas was before Blade Runner 2049 I'd never heard of her and apparently she had been in in some sort of sci-fi movie with like Keanu Reeves or something um so she had been in in smaller stuff but I think uh you know you really have to give people a chance I mean with Dune I mean Dune part one uh, Sharon Duncan who like uh, who is that who are you casting as kinds I don't know who that is but she was fantastic she was one of the best parts of the movie for me 
Um, I thought she was great. And, and she was one of basically the people who not many of us were familiar with. It was not like the biggest name or like the most American like figure because she was mostly in British projects. Um, so I think that, you know, you just really have to like kind of give something a chance. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but you have to make, you have to wait and see what happens with it. And then lastly, you know, I'm talking about Denny Villeneuve's films, what he's done with people and other projects, you know, it's Denny Villeneuve. Like, I have yet to see a bad performance in one of this man's movies. <laughs> like he doesn't miss. And Francine Maisler, the casting director for Dune and his last films as well, Blade Runner, Arrival, Sicario. She is like a, a godly like level casting director. She goes back like 20 years. She's the only casting director I know by name because that's how good she is. Like she has done everything from television. She did Successions casting all the way to the original Spider-Man trilogy um, through many of Villeneuve's films, Terrence Malick films, Steve McQueen films. So she knows what she's doing. And so she's working closely with Denise just like they did on part one. Um, I don't care who they cast really, because I, I do feel very confident and I trust their decision to um, you know, be the professionals. We aren't casting directors, we aren't film directors. Uh, we don't have like the, the, the inside track on any of that stuff. So. Um, I'm very curious. I'm very excited to see it and what, what they can do with it. Um, and like I said, Denis, I mean, I, he's one of the best directors, not just because he does these big science fiction world building movies that I really love and enjoy, but I love how much attention he pays to performance and that the performances he does get out of actors. So I think he could pretty much take anyone and, you know, put them in a, in a position to be successful and, and, and get something good out of them. So um, now this, now this does leave us in an interesting spot. I will say, because that's really two of three down, right? So, and we have one that's like, oh my God, everyone's like in love with it. Everyone, another one where everyone, like there's kind of almost some contention or like some un un uncertainty. And now we have the emperor who I would say is maybe the biggest one they have to really get because was Fade mentioned in the first film? No. Was Irulan mentioned in the first film? No. The emperor is mentioned time and again. His presence is looming over the entire film they definitely have to get that one. Like they have to get someone who people are going to be excited about. And I think given what we're, we're looking at so far and what they did on part one, I do think they're going to go with a bigger name. You know, I have no idea. I'm not even going to bother speculating. We've done a lot of that before, but it is going to be really interesting. And especially to see how quickly that news comes. Cause this one was like, bang, bang. Maybe this next one's going to take longer to figure out. Um, and they, it sounds like they are pushing filming is going to be pretty late in the summer, early fall. So, um, I'm just really excited. I can't wait to see who it is. Cause then once we get that news, it's pretty much like kind of settled at that point. So um, this is big. It's, it's kind of, we're getting, we're getting into it. We're getting into it for sure. Yeah. The, I think the, the last thing I, I do want to say about this, um, this casting choice or about both of the casting choices. Um, I mean, everybody is, is, um, is entitled to have their, their, their opinion, their, their views, their, their preferences. Uh, I, I do think it's it's important to like show respect to, to other people and not attack people because they they liked or disliked the casting choice. So uh, I think at the end of the day, like what I want to say is fan cast uh, like uh, responsibly. Like uh, you know, it's it's not necessarily going to be uh, like always the person you, you have in mind, but the, the people who are working behind the scenes they they have a lot more more insights into what what they're what they're looking for. Like they you know like they they've had those auditions and they they'll they'll see the, the true capabilities of these actors. Uh, and as I was mentioning before, I, I don't think having a lesser known name is, is necessarily a, a bad thing, especially in, in this type of uh, film. I mean, that, that wasn't a problem in Dune Part 1. I wasn't, I wasn't taken out of the film by some of the big, big names, but I think, um, yeah, it, it, it does have its advantages to bring someone who's maybe like newer to film. Like, and to be fair, like uh, Austin Butler, he, he has had a lot of TV performances, which I'm not aware of. I haven't watched mo most of these, those TV series, but he also has the... The, the acting capabilities if he's been a regular uh, cast member. Uh, so of course we had the, the HCA Film Awards and a couple of other um, um, awards that have co come out since then and really important like in, in lead up to uh, the, the BAFTAs and the, the Oscars at the, at the end of this, this month. And uh, the great news out of the HCA Film Awards was of course that, that Dune won four awards, um, well, well, well deserved all of them. And one of them was for best director. It was a, a, a shared award, but it's it's great to see uh, Denis Villeneuve getting that uh, that recognition. Uh, so, um, Garen, from, from your perspective, when when you saw the, those recent awards, like, are you are you happy to see that you know we're, we're get, at least getting recognition in those characters from from some uh, organizations? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't uh, as surprised, obviously, with uh, with best score. Uh, in fact, I I was pretty sure it was going to win. It was going to win that. Uh, just a fantastic score for this film. Uh, cinematography and visual effects. Again, I I was I was looking forward to to those uh, being awarded to Dune, but I was I was extremely uh, excited about the 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 best director uh, award to Denis Villeneuve. I, I realize it's tie it's a tie. Uh, uh, with Jane Campion, but I, I still think this is something that is, um, I, and Johnny probably knows how this works better than I do, but it, could this be a harbinger of things to come? Could this be uh, equating the two? I realize these are two different groups, they're two different uh, voting <clears throat> bodies, but could this be an indicator of something? So I was really excited uh, to see uh, Denis uh, win this, even if it was in tandem. Uh, with with Jane Campion. Yeah, absolutely. It's always exciting to see Denis, the man himself, get some recognition for directing. Um, and yeah, I was very excited. I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised to see that he got that. Um, and to be placed, I mean, if even it's almost more like complimentary to be placed on the level of Jane Campion because she has been sweeping so much this year. So to have him kind of on stage and accepting that as well was pretty cool. And yeah, it is a critics group. So and it is just like it's Hollywood critics, which is a significant group because there are many significant figures over there. But uh, it, it was so it was nice to see on that kind of most high profile critics stage to get that recognition. Um, and then, yeah, Greg Frazier, love to see him getting more momentum picked up from that because I do really hope he gets the Oscar, especially after seeing the Batman. It's like you got to crown this guy already. Um, and then Hans Zimmer was kind of like a no brainer. So. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was great in visual effects. I mean, yeah, if they had had the sound category, which they actually didn't, that would have been just another one in, in Dune's tally there. So, um, very good, very good. This weekend we get the, uh, BAFTAs, which should be very good and, and bolster some Oscar potential there, as well as the Critics' Choice Awards. So those are both Sunday. Looking forward to those. I'm sure we'll probably be discussing those next time around. Um, but yeah, really exciting and I'm glad to see it and yeah, up and up from there. And I am, uh, it's weird because Oscars like right around the corner almost by I think the next time we do our next episode, the Oscars will have happened or just about to happen. So it's coming up quickly and, and it's just going to, it's nice that Dune is really back in the conversation and picking up that, that momentum. I agree with both of you guys. I'm excited about the awards. I think it's great that Denis is getting some love. Sadly, he's not getting some love from certain people. That's all I'm going to leave it at. But, you know, more awards, more people hearing about Dune. It's back on HBO Max. So feel free to stream it stream it all you can stream it 24 hours if you can loop it that would even be great no but honestly it's just getting the word out dune is in the buzz again and it's it's good it's good and hopefully more people will see it and share it with friends i want to be i want dune to be one of those cult classics and when part two comes out it will just blow up and everyone will be like oh my god i gotta get my midnight tickets and not just you know us four and certain other people in the world but i think more press is always good and just appreciate cinema people yeah and i think it's just been, been a win for for doing like e even if it's not for example winning the the best picture in some of these awards like for example for the ha film awards it it won the most amount of awards from any film so i mean that that, that says something and also for the for the nominations it's, it's always been you know like the first or, or second most uh, most nominated so i think for for anybody who was on the edge or they they didn't check it out for some reason or it wasn't their genre or, or whatever i think it's, it's getting a, a attention people are gonna uh, gonna notice that so that's a wrap for movie news uh, let's uh, go and uh, address one expanded story the duneverse books comics games collectibles and more so uh, we have uh, one um one Duneverse story today, which is related to uh, to games. So we've actually had a lot of games uh, announced for for Dune the, the past year, whether it's the the, the board games, role role playing games, uh, video games, all that. And um, last week we had the announcement of a completely new game from from Gale Force Nine, uh, which is uh, Dune: Arrakis: uh, Dawn of the Fremen. Uh, so the the premise of this game so it's a it's a board game for um, uh, for uh, two to four players. And the premise of the game is that you actually take control of a Fremen tribe and you're engaging in tribal warfare. It's a survival game. So you may, there are elements of cooperation. Uh, you can trade with, uh, with the other tribes or you can uh, uh, compete with them for, uh, for resources, but it's really that, that whole element of uh, 
you know, survival is, is tough on Arrakis. So how did these uh, these Fremen tribes uh, manage it uh, in the past? And the setting of this game is, is also um, intriguing. This is set, uh, you know, tens of, uh, of thousands of uh, generations before uh, the events of the, of the movie. So it's really a, a fresh, fresh late new, new period to explore. Uh, so Garen, I want to start with you again. Like, what was your uh, reaction to this uh, new, completely new game? Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, interesting. I, I am really excited at how many of these board games uh, they're making based off of the, the Dune theme. Um, obviously, uh, Gale Force 9 and other companies that are doing this, you know, they're, they're using data to make sure they're, they're filling the product category with uh, products people will buy. So again, kind of like you were, you were just saying, Simon, you, you want everyone to, to see this film and to, and to make it into a cult classic and um, the, the peripheral products that come from a film is an indicator of that, right? So, um, yeah, I, I looked at this game in, in depth and I, uh, I'm a big risk fan. I really like, uh, the game of risk, although this is cooperative, there's cooperation, uh, between the players, but I thought it was really interesting that they would just, they would theme it around Arrakis long before, um, uh, the Atreides family, uh, takes over the planet. So, there's no Atreides, there's no Harkonnen here. It's, it's just between uh, interactions of factions, uh, not factions, but different tribes of, of the Fremen. So kind of an interesting take on it. I actually think it looks uh, really quite fun uh, from what I can tell. And uh, I know they do a lot of background uh, planning and storyline development for these games. Um, having interviewed uh, uh, one of the main designers over at Gale Force 9, they, they really take this seriously. They know Dune, they know the story, they know the characters. And I, I really think uh, this is one that I would want to pick up and, and really uh, kind of explore because I just think there's a lot of dynamics that can play out in a game. Uh, two to four players, so it's not like there's 10, uh, but that's about, that's about the number of players that I would, I would play with people who like games like this so yeah i'm intrigued uh i think it's great more dune is always good um let's have some more collectibles also let's have some more action figures some more pops i need more stuff on my shelves <laughs> yeah i feel similarly to simon i suppose um i still do need to i got i mean i got it for christmas so it wasn't that long ago i guess at this point but i do need to dig into my own dune game and get everyone to sit down and try to try to play it with them um but yeah, I mean, it's a, I think the concept is cool. I think that setting is not something at least I've heard of really before with any Dune um, like stories on Arrakis. So it uh, could be an interesting like perspective there to, to have that for the, the gameplay. But um, yeah, the more, more the merrier when it comes to Dune, I'm, I'm sure they'll be pumping out. I mean, the movie is, if it keeps its release date, you know, it's over, it's like a year and a half away, right? So um, there we got, I'm sure there's plenty more to come as far as games and, and collectibles, as I mentioned, and other items between between now and then. So um, I just got to try to keep up with it. And, and I think what really appeals about this is, uh, you know, talking about this, this time setting, I, I, I see sometimes people make the argument that Dune is a, a story about, you know, like the Atreides and what, what happens with them and, you know, the Kwisatz Haderach. But at the end of the day, this is taking place in a universe of, uh, of millions of worlds. You know, there's all these, these different cultures and uh, all, all these all these different events that, that, that are going on. It's, it's, there's just so much to explore Explore there. Like even just staying on Arrakis and going past uh, into the past, like learning about the, the origin of, of the Fremen. I think it's just, just great that they're expanding out in, in these uh, these different directions and offering something new for, for both the, the gaming perspective and like the, the storyline. So that is a wrap for uh, for Dune Talk uh, this, this week. So we're also... Uh, Looking forward to hear your thoughts on, on what you thought about uh, the, the casting and all the other news that's, that's been coming out. Uh, so uh, just let us know in the comments. Uh, so let's go ahead and sign off. I'll step up to the plate here. <laughs> super, I mean, a super great episode, being able to talk about the casting in depth and getting two pieces of news to talk about. Um, and we actually ended up delaying the first episode um, or this episode this week because of, of other, you know, uh, extraneous things, but then we got another piece of news out of it. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and Yes, be, as uh, Mark uh, Marcus made a great point, like 
be respectful people for 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 the love of everything dune <laughs> i'm seeing people on twitter talking about slapping the casting director and all this other <laughs> stuff I'm like oh my god like let's bring it down a notch like you don't know what you're talking about so i don't i don't even know what i'm talking about i'm not trying to act like i'm anything so um just give it a chance and let's uh let's have fun with it while we still can <laughs> um it is uh, a ways away and there's a lot lot of development between now and then so and i'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks dune racking up awards so um, that'll be a fun thing to talk about on the next episode. Uh, again, Johnny Sobchak, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Sobchak. And uh, good to see everyone. Thanks for supporting. Leave comments. We'd love to hear some thoughts on the casting and otherwise. And I'll see you next time around. Yeah, honestly, Internet, uh, don't be that guy. A year ago, two years ago, everyone was saying Robert Pattinson as Batman. And now I see so many people praising them as the greatest Batman ever. Uh, hey, there's a whole science of casting characters you know and actors and actresses for roles we're just giving our point of views but you know who would have thought timothy chalamet would have been an amazing paul or oscar isaac as duke leto so people know what they're doing you might not agree with it but it is what it is at the end of the day if you want to make a change get a film degree go out and make your own movies i'm sorry if i'm going to be that guy but seriously like uh you can find me on twitter simon dowdy s dowdy um just be respectful. Hey, really enjoyed our topic today. This is Garen. You can find me on Twitter at Dune Companion. Um, I, I really, again, we've said it a number of times. I, I put my faith in Denis. I, I really believe that he's going to make the right choice. He knows his craft. He knows how to work with actors. And, and so I, I, I trust him. Even if it's someone that I'm not really familiar with or I'm not really comfortable with at first, I, I trust he's going to do the right thing. Yeah, and this is uh, Marcus Gabriel, uh, so thanks for, for tuning in. You can find the uh, uh, coverage from, uh, from myself and other team members on dunewsnet.com, and you can find me at dunewsnet on Twitter and Instagram. So looking forward to catching up with you all again. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to dunewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews. Simon has no, no more comments. <laughs> I'm going to make the stupid joke. Let's not forget Space Navigator 45. <laughs> what? I'm going to be like, who's going to play Space Na Navigator oh. number 45? <laughs> I hope we get that navigated part two. That'd be awesome. Because that character is very crucial. Most Steve underrated character. Most underrated Dune character ever. <laughs>